Hey, this week on the 167, we're going to become every other podcast and talk about investments. But the difference here is that it's eternal investments. Welcome to the 167. Hey, welcome back to the 167. I'm Pastor Lucas, and I'm here with Pastor Rick George. Hey, good morning. Hey, we are talking this week. You know, I just want to thank you for saving me from my incredibly awkward moment. I could tell you were struggling. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a big job. Yeah. Uh, to try to communicate the importance of where the offering boxes are, how you can give. It's a big thing, and yeah. so like I had. I had hopes that you'd be able to nail it, and you did. You did pretty good, but you kind of stumbled through. So I was just so thankful that you were there that you know I could invite you out and talk to us about generosity. So it was a great message. So uh, I always like when we talk about generosity because I know a lot of people are apprehensive about it. They're like, "Oh, we're going to talk about money or what?" And I'm like, I really like talking about it because I think it's easy for our congregation to talk about generosity because honestly. We have so many programs and so many things that we are generous with, you know, as church goers, like as the big C church, but also as a church, as New Life Community Church. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned, I think, in the message itself, I love talking about it because it's so practical. I mean, it hits every one of us right in the wallet, (laughs) hits us all in the heart. Uh, Every one of us needs to do some self-examination from time to time to reevaluate our budgets and say, man, where, where am I? allocating my money what right. if someone were to look at the way i spend my money what would it say about me right now uh does it say that i love god more than anything or does it say that i love other things and so it's just real um so i don't apologize for it and yes it is uh it's a little more difficult to preach uh on giving or budgeting or money just because the response from the congregation tends to be a little less receptive. They're not like, amen. Yeah, they're like, mm, like, I love it when you talk about that. I don't know if you should go out to eat as much. <laughs> love, preach. You're like, no. Yeah. Well, I think so, it's funny because I don't. you um, usually recommend in premarital counseling and things like budgeting apps, um, like every... Every dollar every is the dollar. one I point people to. It's the free Dave Ramsey. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got a paid version, but you can go to everydollar.com and it's a free... Uh, all you got to do is have a password uh, just so you can save your information from month to month and it's mm-hmm. secure. Uh, so you set up a little account, give them um, just your name and email. It's pretty simple. There's no money. Uh, then you can just start creating your budget and save it and jump in next month and make the tweaks. It's an incredible tool. So yeah. every dollar.com. Well, I remember the first time I used a tool like that, it was like mint. And it mm-hmm. is exactly what you're saying. It's this it's this moment where it shows you where all your money's going. And I remember I had a roommate and he came, like we both signed up for mint and we put on all our information. So what it does is it tracks your spending and then it puts it in different categories. Mm-hmm. And he came home one day and he, and he was kind of sad. And I was like, what's the matter? And he goes, we need to have some conversations about, you know, like how our lifestyle. And I was like, what's, what's going on? Like what, what's wrong with our lifestyle? Like we're just two dudes that live together. And he goes, well, on mint.com, they break things into categories. And so there's a, a fast food category. Like it shows me how much money that I'm spending on fast food. I said, oh, and he goes, 
and they made a separate McDonald's <laughs> category. He had spent so much money specifically at McDonald's that it, they didn't even classify it in the fast food section. It was at its own category. That, that's when you know you have a problem. Right. And so we were like, well, maybe we should adjust our living style. So Yeah. And, uh, you know, the free version uh, from every dollar, you know, you're just able to input, you know, your categories. You yeah. create your own uh, budget where you're going to allocate money. It saves it from month to month, so it's great. You don't have to start from scratch every month. Um, the paid version um, is a little—it's a little closer to what Mint is. Yeah. Um, it actually tracks your. It tracks it. Uh, you connect your account, like your mm -hmm. checking account, to it, so it'll show you uh, balances, uh, those kinds of things, and then it will, like, if you budgeted, uh, say. $200 for the month for gas for your vehicle and you go to you know the quick trip or wherever you're getting gas and it goes to $210 it'll send you a text to say hey 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 you just overspent right. and you're over budget on that I almost so, just asked you like if if I geolocate and like step into a McDonald's would it go yeah. whoa, 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 whoa everybody back it up big yeah. boy You're, do you really need another yeah and yeah. so when you pay you get some perks you get some added benefits yeah. but I just encourage people uh, start with that easy free baseline budget and get started and then if you want to uh, you know step it up a little bit then go for it and we are not paid in any way by Dave Ramsey or no. Mint.com. It's, it's just good just, stuff that we learned that it, if Mint.com or Dave Ramsey would like to pay us, we're here. Yeah. And I was a little confused when I saw the Mint commercials, but it's Mint Wireless. So it's a whole nother. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mint Mobile. Yeah. So, you know, the mobile service is not the budgeting tool, which I was a little confused at first. Although, if you're on a budget, <laughs> you can probably go, play Mint yeah. Mobile. Yeah. Get, no. that, get that low cost cell phone but i mean everybody has to have a budget businesses have budgets and church have budgets and we actually in our budget build in generosity yeah. on on top like as an organization but also as a church so i just i just want to love on our congregation a little bit um and talk a little bit about ways that we are generous as church how we're spending the tithes but also how our people are giving above and beyond yeah so uh, we do have uh, some very generous people i wish i could sit here and tell everyone listening that everyone in our church tithes and everyone in our yeah. church gives above and beyond and so generous. That's just not the case. Uh, unfortunately, the overall percentage of people that attend New Life who tithe and who give above and beyond um, is you know fairly small, you know, the 25 to 30 percent, uh, which is pretty typical, unfortunately, uh, in Christian circles. So uh, not a good reflection of the heart of God in general. Uh, but you know, for, you know, those 30%, 25, 30% of our church family, uh, man, they are super generous. It allows us to do some pretty incredible things. Um, yes, we could do a lot more. We could impact a lot more people uh, if everybody tithed. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to give above and beyond. Uh, tithing, by the way, is not being generous. I mean, that's kind of the baseline. It's not 20 bucks in the offering yeah, plate. It's, you know, so tithing is, hey, this is kind of the baseline. It's And then anything I give above and beyond that, well, now I'm stepping into this realm of generosity. And so as a church, <clears throat> we, uh, we want to model that. Um, so our elders have made it a point. It's a priority to us that with all of the income uh, that comes in through our tithes and offerings, 
So everything that we receive as a church, then we designate 10% of that. So we tithe, and it goes back to missions work, to outreach, uh, to evangelism, you know, to things, to spread the gospel outside of the four walls of ministry that happen right here at New Life. And so um, we tithe on the tithe because, again, we believe that you cannot outgive God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we we try to model that and encourage our church family to uh, follow our lead in that. Yeah, people always think it's ironic, I think, or strange to them because they'll ask me, like, do you tithe? And I'm like, of course I tithe. <laughs> and they're like, I've tithed my whole life. Yeah. And they're like, but you, you get paid by the church. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why don't you just take a 10% pay cut? And I'm like, because that's, like, yeah. that's not the point. The point is the offering. The point is is having that you know, that relationship with God, I, I explained it to my daughters because we teach them about tithing. And I said, it would be like if I made you a plate of 10 chocolate chip cookies and I gave it to you and I said, hey, can I share one with you? Like, I don't need yeah. your cookies. I am the maker of the cookies, yeah. but I want to have this this moment where of the 10 cookies, you offer me one back and we share a cookie together. And it's like, you know, versus like if you made your kid 10 cookies and they're like, no, these are my cookies. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's, um, I, and I know of churches I've yeah. heard stories of churches who, like, if you agree and your salary is make up a number, $50,000, yeah. you're really only going to make they just auto forty five. Yeah, it's auto-deducted. They're like, you will tithe. We'll just take it right out. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, if I choose to tithe, it's it all comes to that same conclusion. It just yeah. seems a little weird to me to say uh, you don't have a choice in tithing because yeah. you work here and it takes some of the personal responsibility away from me. And it takes some of the, um, the joy, the joy yeah. away from knowing that, you know, I, I get to do this. Like it's a, a privilege to do it. So some of the things, generous things that our church does is we help out with joy closet here in town through uh, service. Um, we've actually tasked some of the life group leaders. I think we've gotten, eight out of the 12 months covered already. Um, but we volunteer in town with other hope market is hope a place market. that we, um, you know, we give towards, uh, we have a transient fund, uh, that we partner with the police department here in Gardner and people in the middle of the night, sometimes just transient, uh, you know, just people that are homeless or trying to figure out how to, and the, they come in contact with the police and uh, we've actually set up an account, and we gave uh, the police department a, a credit card on that account. Mm-hmm. So if they come across somebody, they don't have to call us and get approval. They just run it through their system, right? You know, up through a sergeant or a captain or something, and say, "Hey, whoever's in charge, I have this person," and then they can make the decision on whether or not to pay for a hotel or get them something to eat uh, in that moment. Uh, so, you know, we're just utilizing the law enforcement here in town uh, to take care of some of that. But we fund that account. Um, we uh, we're known kind of through the community as the church that helps people. And so we get calls, you know, hey, can you help with my utility bill? Mm-hmm. And we'll have them come in and we'll listen to them. We have our deacons who do a great job. Shout out to the deacons. Um but we have a, a team uh, within the deacons that meets with individuals to hear 
kind of what their need is and then make an assessment on how we can help. And when we help, it is kind of interesting. So we'll pay a utility bill, a couple of hundred dollars for someone. And miraculously, like the next day, somebody else heard, you know, so yeah, they go back and, hey, if you need your utility bill paid, the church... Uh, so you know, we have a bit of a vetting process, but it's really more from a heart of we just want to be generous. Well, and I love what we do because the process, um, for anybody that doesn't know, is like we sit down with them. We we go over a budget with them and we say, listen, either you can pay that like you can pay this. And it's really this thing of, you know, people have entrusted us with their tithes. We want to be responsible for it and not just willy nilly. Right. You know, and, and I've worked with a family. I think one time through that process where we brought them in and we said, okay, you know, and they're like, well, can you pay our water bill? And we're like, and we're like, okay, but let's put the whole thing out. And it was one of those things where it was like, well, that's not, we're going to pay your water bill and that's not even going to make a dent, you know? And so the, the deacon sat down with them and they were asking for us to be generous with a couple hundred dollars. And we ended up being generous with way more than that because we said, this is not going to get you out of this. But yeah. we helped them adjust their budget. And then we said, now we'll, we'll help you make up the backlog of that to get you back on, on track. Yeah. And um, what we see, you know, in ministry here at the church as pastors, um, you know, our deacons and elders, you know, we see kind of people at their very best. And we see people at their very worst. We see people in their abundance. And we see people when they have tremendous need. And, um, it may come as a shock to some people, but um, maybe not. But there are lots and lots of people who have tremendous needs. Yeah. And the tremendous needs are not always because I don't have any money. The tremendous need is because I am terrible with money. Right. And I've dug myself in a hole and I spend money foolishly or I'm not a good manager of my money. And it's just... That's where we step in and say, let us help you mm-hmm. get started. You have the responsibility right, to make this work, but we can get you started. And unfortunately, again, um, people like, I don't like budgets. It's so, And they don't follow the budget, and then they dig themselves in another right. hole. And so, like I said on Sunday, the problem is not that a budget is confining. The problem is your income is confining. Right. And you need to either spend less or make more. It's pretty simple. Well, and I love you. You were here in James five, one through three. And I just love this because it's one of those things where culturally uh, we read the Bible. We're like, of course, this is true. He says, look here, you rich people weep and groan with anguish because of all your terrible troubles ahead of you. And I'm like, that just me sounds like more money, more problems, more money, more problems. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he talks about your wealth is rotting away. But then in second Corinthians, he's talking about sowing seed and how, you know, God wants to bless us that if we yeah. sow seed, he's going to reap a good harvest. So talk to me a little bit about the relationship between, um, wealth and generosity and, um, you know, dare we say prosperity, everybody yeah. wants to talk about the prosperity yeah. gospel, but what is that relationship? Because is it, we're all supposed to, you know, just live on the poverty line and give everything away from ourselves. Is it okay to to have wealth? Like, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Yeah. So yeah, you cannot read the, the entirety of the Bible and come away with an understanding that God's plan for every person is to be poor. Mm-hmm. That's not in there. 
nor can you read the Bible and come away with an understanding that God wants everybody to be wealthy, you know, just to have... Now, hold on, sir. Yeah, loads of money. (laughs) And if you just say the right thing and do the right thing, then God's going to dump a bunch of money in it. You can't read Scripture and come away with either one of those extremes. What you can read Scripture and come away with is that God has an extreme desire for us to reflect His heart of generosity. Okay, so whatever that looks like, dollar-wise, is individually determined by your income. And I cannot look at you and say you're being generous or not unless I sit down with your budget and I get to see where your money is, where it's coming in, how much it is, and where it's going. Um, so again, I, I can't do that. And, and people will... <laughs> oh, hold on. Here, so here comes something funny. There so you go. in the process of moving into our new facility, great yeah. facility, and it's made possible because of the faithfulness and the obedience of our church family through tithes and offerings, and also because of generosity, right? But I've had half a dozen to a dozen people in the last three or four years that have said, I know I don't give now, but if I ever win the lottery, right? You know, I'm telling you, we're going to pay the church off. If I ever win the lottery, and the reality is this, winning the lottery will not change that. Right. Okay. So if you get more money, it just makes you more of what you already are. Mm-hmm. So if you're greedy... More money will just make you more greedy. If you're already generous, more money will just make you more generous. More generous right? So it just makes you more of what you already are. So it, when people say, oh, if I just had more money, then I would, I would start tithing. And my response is, no, you wouldn't, mm-hmm. because it doesn't change. You would, if somebody gave you $100,000 and you said, okay, you just got $100,000, 10,000 is your tithe. Right. And then you can be generous above and beyond that with, say, another three, $5,000. So 15, most people say, whoa, 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 wait. No, now I'm down to 85 instead of 100. And that's 15,000 that I don't have. And now I can't do. And it starts backtracking. And we're like, well, I don't want to do that. Right. And so more money doesn't make you more generous. It just makes you more of what you already were. Well, it's like what you and I talk about sometimes where, here in Kansas, like, you know, it was a couple of times the lottery jumped up to like 1.1 billion and it was like, Oh, you know, 30 million wasn't enough, but now we'll go buy a lottery ticket. And it was this, you know, it's a kind of a funny thing because you're like, Oh, if the lottery is 1.1 billion, actually what you're going to take away is maybe $400 million. And then if you tithe, you tithe off the 400 million or the 1.1 billion. Cause we were like, I'd pay off the church. I'm like, if you want a $1.1 billion lottery, that's not paying off the church. That's like paying off 10 churches if yeah. you if you just tithe it. Yeah. And it's like, so now you're down to, I want a $1.1 billion lottery thing, but I got to pay Caesar and then I pay God. And then I'm left with only like $300 million. And how's a, how am I supposed to survive in that? Yeah. But it's a lot harder for people when we're living paycheck to paycheck. And, um, and I, I just tell you through my own testimony is I've been through periods of my life where I made minimum wage, you know, working almost 40 hours. I've, you know, I had my first job and I was making, I think 25 a year. And I was just like, I am rolling in the, you know, like, and you know, I've, I've made different things at different times, but 
I've always been consistent in tithing because that was something my dad drilled into me. And um, I've never, you know, and because it wasn't just tithing, it was set aside 10% for God and then set aside 10% for savings and then, you know, kind of emergency fund. And because I was good with $25,000, then I can be good with $35,000. And, but also if I dropped back down to $25,000, I would just adjust my budget and be okay with $25,000. Yeah. So when I, when I meet with couples and we start kind of working through budgets, oftentimes it's in premarital counseling. Cause that is one of the uh, sessions that we go through is on budgeting and money. Cause yeah. money fights are a big part of divorces and it's just, it's an issue. So we start talking about budget and I always, it doesn't matter how much somebody makes uh, when we do the budget. So my income is 50,000. Then the first line item I have them put is their tithe, 5,000. Put it in there. Like it's going to come out every year. Uh, Divide that by 12. That's your month. And then immediately under the tithe, I have them create a separate category called generosity. Mm. And and I tell them, you can pick any number you want. I don't care if you put $5 in your generosity for the month. Okay, just I've got five dollars this month, and I need to be generous with that, with that five dollars. So what does that mean? That means that throughout the month, and this goes back to my Quick Trip story right. about just looking for someone to buy a cup of coffee for in Quick Trip. Right? It changes your perspective. So you know when I put five dollars in there for the month, that it starts a process that I need to be looking for someone to give that $5 to buy them a cup of coffee or just give them $5. Maybe you put $50 in there. Right. Right. And when you're filling your car up with gas and you see a car pull up and you say, Hey, you know what? Go ahead and fill it up. I got you. Like I'm going to pay for your gas. Just walk up and be like, tap your car. Yep. Boop, boop. I got it. You fill it however much. That, and then like, you I've pull up their covered. diesel truck and you're yeah. like, Oh no. Um, but it, it creates uh, this process where I'm not just thinking about myself, I'm beginning to think beyond me, and it's not just about me getting what I want, it's stepping from greed to generosity. Yeah. Well, and you talked about the difference between materialism and being kind of caught in materialism. Uh, You said that, I I love that you said this, you said materialism is where um, kind of your paycheck stops and yet you still want more out of that. And then... um, you talked about the difference between that and investing, making eternal investments. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what's the, how, how do I know when I'm caught in materialism versus how do I know when I'm investing eternally? Yeah. So again, what I said is materialism begins where your income ends. That's what it was. All right. And so you say uh, it better. <laughs> yeah. So all that means is so my income level, and I talked about buying a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Trudy and I just bought a car. Um, it's funny. I had about. 10 or 12 people. So did you buy a car? What kind of car did you buy? And I was like, oh, well, we didn't. Bentley. Yeah. We didn't buy that $60,000 car because we didn't want to be materialistic. You know that. Uh, But we did buy a car. Uh, We bought a Buick um, because we're old. I thought all cars were $60,000 now. Well, they're, no, they're not. But again, um, that's another story. But we did buy a car, a Buick Enclave. It's a, Nice car. We love it. Right. Um, and so we bought that particular car based on what we, f- we could afford. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Without going too far down the rabbit hole, we've been kind of setting money aside, making a payment to ourselves for five or six years, right? Because we paid cash for our last car. So we just started making that payment back to ourselves. So we knew how much cash we had to pay cash for the next car. So we don't go into debt and, right? So, um, so that in itself then started us on a track. We weren't looking to buy whatever, a Range Rover. Right. But they're great cars. And we know people that own Range. We didn't look for the Cadillac Escalade. They're great cars. It just wasn't within our budget. Where materialism would have kicked in if is when we would have said, I know we can only afford this, but I have to have right. this. And now it's creating uh, a deficit in our finances because I have to have the best of the best, the brand name. Uh, I, I want to be able to say I drive a... I want to be able to say I live in this subdivision. I want to be able to wear what a Patagonia or whatever the the brand name. Like I don't, I'm just I'm just throwing out a name. It's like, like I, I have a Patagonia. Yeah, yeah. No. and so I, I have to have that. And it's like, well, that's where you start stepping into. I can't afford it, but I want it bad enough that I'm going to sacrifice. Yeah, I'm going to go into debt. And it's going to be, um, you know. It's going to create some problems, but I don't care. That's where materialism kicks in. Well, I think that it's interesting because when you do that, when you go into debt, like the Bible talks about how debt is slavery and not slavery in the sense that we kind of experienced it in America, but in the sense of literally um, in the Bible, like when you borrowed, you like you basically said like, it was like being someone's butler almost where you're like, I will pledge to you X number of years of service or X number of years of grain and I'll do it. Like, and so even today for us, we're saying, Hey, listen, if you loan me this money, I will go work. You know, it's going to cost me 20 hours of my work week or whatever to pay you back. And so materialism is when you go, well, this is where I am in freedom. And then here's what I'm willing, how much slavery I'm willing to go into, yeah. into this particular item. So, yeah. So um, it's just about having a generous heart, being willing to make sacrifices for the good of somebody else and not just focused on myself all the time. Well, and we, so it, that's financially, that's yeah. um, beyond finances, that's, you know, to every area of our life. Am I generous with my time? Am I generous with my love? Am I generous with my stuff? Do I have things that somebody else could benefit from? Uh, so it's really more of a heart of, of generosity. And I know we're running out of time, and part of that generosity, and as we kind of wrap up, is my phone was just vibrating and going off. And it was one of my neighbors yeah. and they know I've, they've never called me before. And I've told them if there's ever an emergency, if you ever need anything, you just call me. And my phone was just ringing with their name. <laughs> and so I'm going to have to yeah. check on them because I want to be generous with my time mm -hmm. and to be attentive to the needs of somebody that, sure. uh, that I care about. And so uh, that's what this is about, right? It's not, it's not about, oh, look at all the good things I do. It's I care about people, and I care about God, and I want my life to be a reflection of that generous heart that God has. And am I willing to give beyond just what other people might expect? Am I willing to, to be generous with everything I have? Well, and I'll tell you, just to affirm you in your sermon before you go, um, my mother— 
have like listened to your sermon on uh, Sunday and she started carrying more cash so that she could be generous with it. But she also has this idea where now she's making these Ziploc bags that have like toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, whatever. So like if yep. some, if she sees somebody that she can give that to them, she keeps it in her car. Um, but if you guys have ideas like that, we'd love to hear them. You could put them in the comments. Uh, if you do want to join us uh, through giving, you can go to newlifegardener or newlifegardener.com slash give uh, and find us there or download our app. Thank you guys for joining us here on the 167. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of the 167, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, get notified, leave a five-star rating and a positive review. Tell all your friends to listen as well. Make sure you go over to newlifegardener.com and check out all that we have to offer as a church and check out our messages online as well. Thanks for listening. Hey, this week on the 167, we're going to become every other podcast and talk about investments. But the difference here is that it's eternal investments. Welcome to the 167.